0: Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the sportsman's nation since day one. So, if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So, stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com welcome back to the iowa sportsman podcast my name is dan johnson i'm your host and today we're going to talk about turkey hunting but specifically we're going to talk about how myself and my buddy brent have kind of introduced our kids into turkey hunting now we're both at different stages of introducing our kids into hunting i am just getting started and my buddy brent he's been doing it now for a couple years and uh, that's what the the main topic is today we also talk about our first turkey hunting experience which was funny because my first year, I went with my uncles uh, to this makeshift hunting cabin, and then the next year, I invited Brent up, and this was back in 2002. So, in 2002, my buddy Brent and I, uh, still young pups back then, that was 18 years ago, and uh, it was a, uh, an experience that we always talk about, and that's what it's all about. It's about having fun experiences, and now we're trying to share those experiences with our kids. And honestly, uh, Brent is one year younger than me, but his kids are older than mine. So I'm actually talking to Brent in this episode, basically getting advice on how I should introduce my kids into hunting. We talk about the good things that really worked, and then we talk about the, the whole don't pressure pressure your kids scenarios right we don't want to blow them out or burn them out before they even get started so we talk about that and uh, it's a really good episode i enjoy catching up with people especially when i have a history with them like i do with brent man we went to the ha- same high school down in mount pleasant and uh, it's always good catching up with a, an old friend so other than that right and before we get into the podcast, I have to remind all of you that if you're looking for some really good content, please go out and subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman Magazine. Tons of great content about hunting and fishing, just to name a few, right? There's a whole bunch of other great information and great content coming out of the magazine. There's a ton of content coming out of their website as well. Lots of blog articles there, hunting and fishing related. And then you got the nine or the... Uh, the Iowa Sportsman podcast and that my friends is what we're recording today with all that said you can go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman and uh, leave a review let us know what you think and if there's any topics that you want to cover go to the Iowa Sportsman Facebook page and let us know so without further ado here's my buddy Brent Rich as we talk about kids and turkey hunting. All right, on the phone with me now, longtime friend, Mr. Brent Rich. What's up, man? Not much, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I tell you what, I I always used to say turkey hunting was easy, right? Um, <laughs> I, I think, was it my my first turkey hunt and your first turkey hunts? No, wait, I went one year before you did, and then you came up with me the next year, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, you were an expert after that one year and <laughs> con- conned me into going up to, to Northern Iowa with you and staying in some cattle field and a <laughs> shed and had the time of my life.
0: It was fun. Did you, <laughs> did you fun. kill a turkey that year? Yeah, that was my first turkey. Oh, man. So I want you to describe this layout because I think it's important to have a um adventures and a really good story lays in the details right so why don't you talk about this (laughs) this layout that we stayed at this little camp in a cattle field that we stayed at
1: yeah it was uh you called me one day and we're like hey you know we're gonna go turkey hunting and i said okay at that point in time anything we never had to ask each other questions. It was just, you are going to do this, and that's what happened. Um, so we drive, I don't even know where we were at. It was clear up northern. I was a couple hours away. I live here in, in southeast Iowa. And uh, we roll up, and we drive around to the backside of a barn, and there's literally, oh, I don't know how to, like one of those sheds that you see in Lowe's parking lots for sale. <laughs> um, but way not, not even close to that nice. and it had like, Three two-by-four bunks and three grown men slept in it, and that was about all there was room for. Right. Everything think, had to stay outside. Everything had to stay outside.
0: Right, and that was 2002, I think. So uh, ha- Yeah, at least. At, and and uh, the only reason I know that is because I took a picture in 2001, which was my first year, so it would have been spring 2002, and uh, so that was 18 years ago on our first, or it would have been your first ever, uh, turkey hunt. And and, man, I'm telling you, uh, that little cabin. And I, I, I loved it because we got, we, uh, we got into town and I think I was living up there at the time and you ended up meeting me and we were way up by Parkersburg iowa we were hunting north of yeah parkersburg. we were way up there yeah uh north of parkersburg iowa uh west of waterloo a ways, and you met me in town and then we i think we dropped what did we drop your vehicle off at my grandma's house and then we hopped in together and went up to this this little yeah. shack right whatever it was and uh just had the whole experience where the bush light f- flowed like water and we were eating, you know, <laughs> co- meals cooked out of a fire and I don't know but if every turkey season was like that, man, I, that would be that'd be awesome. That
1: would be amazing.
0: Yeah. And and by the way, my uncle, my uncle has the stinkiest feet in the entire planet and so like we <laughs> we literally one of two things had to happen. One, you had to drink enough beer in order for you to fall asleep. You know what I mean? Or we were sl- Which, we were sleeping with the door to, of the of that shack wide open.
1: Well, I don't even know if there was a door, Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm I don't even. To think. I don't
1: think there was a door. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know.
0: I don't remember. I know there was a very small black and white TV in there. So I think there was a small wow. door and it, it could have been like an old door off someone's front porch, like a screen door. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, Who knows? but that was, yeah. uh, so that is the introduction into how, uh, me and Brent got into Turkey hunting and it was running, <laughs> running gun hunting on public land up, uh, in Northern Iowa for a first, those first two years. And then after that, I think, think you came did you come back the next year or was it did we do something different the following years i
1: think we stayed um that next year we we hunted down here that's right down in southeast iowa
0: that's right you're right and
1: uh just kind of ran ran all over public ground and you know family friends you know old buddies from high schools dads had some farms
0: and yeah so we did that piece yeah so let me let me ask you this question (laughs) What have you learned since two thousand turkey about turkey hunting since 2002?
1: Oh, that no matter what you know, or what you think you know, or thought you knew, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've, since 2002, I've, you know, I don't know, I've probably killed 30 or 40 birds. Um, never really had an issue. And then 2020 comes around and it's a whole <laughs> new ball game. So I'm back to square one, just literally buying every call at Walmart that you can find, and just try, you know, two pieces of the grass together and some sticks, and just trying throwing the throwing the whole kit and caboodle at them. You know what I mean?
0: That's funny. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I went on a streak there for a while where I think, and I talked about this on another podcast, where I would literally walk into the woods. The first day I hunted, find a gobble, go set up, shoot him. I mean, just like that for probably eight years straight, eight or nine years in a row. And I
1: did it with a bow. Yeah. I mean, no blind, just did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, not so much anymore.
0: No. And then something happened because, I mean, every once in a while I'll get lucky and that happens again, but I don't know if it's like the turkey numbers are down and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, but it just it it's not as easy as it was i don't think and i don't think i my strategy necessarily changed or what no. i'm actually doing or the equipment <laughs> it's just it's some something happened in the last 5 years and it it makes me look like a dumb turkey like I, i'm dumb i'm dumber than a turkey
1: yes
0: 100% so so just just like running and gunning on public ground, or really any anywhere that uh, any any person who would let us turkey hunt is kind of what we did, and we'd hop in the woods and and, and chase them and stuff. But um, I want to talk.
1: That's what we still do.
0: Yeah, yeah. In a way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, not much has changed. However, and and uh, I want to talk about kids here uh, because okay. our our strategy, my strategy, had to change this year because so first off with with this whole coronavirus thing um i didn't i wasn't able to do my annual turkey camp down at my parents place down you know where you live and so i bought a bow tag and the reason i bought this archery tag is so i could hunt more days throughout the entire turkey season this year and not be limited to one shotgun season so and, and at the same time i I brought my kids with me the first two days and that right there is like bow hunting for Turkey and bringing your kids with you. Just, it's not a good equation.
1: No what? fun, but not a good, not a successful equation. Very often.
0: No. So what I, what I did was I, I said to myself, you know, I have the highest intentions. And then once I got into the actual blind with my daughter, which she was a champ, right? On day one, she's like, I said, Hey, I'm going to go hunting. And then I'm going to come back and get you. And then we can go out again. And she's like, no, dad, if you're going to go in the morning, then you're going to take me with you. So she got up at four thirty in the morning. She's seven years old this year. And, uh, she was all gun ho about it. I mean, she came into the bedroom at three in the morning, and she's like, "Dad is, Dad, are we? Is it time to go yet? Is it time to go?" And I said, "No, not yet, sweetheart." <laughs> and then I couldn't get back to sleep. So, yeah, got, of course, yeah. So we got up and we started uh, uh, getting ready. And then I, you know, it was one of those mornings where just by the sunrise, you know, it's going to be a good morning as far as gobbles are concerned. You know, at least from the roost. And I get into the i we get there. We're walking out to the blind, and I, there's another truck that pulls in behind us. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, here we go. There's going to yep. be another person here that uh, is going to claim this spot or whatever. And I already had a blind up, so I turned around and went back to the to their truck, and I kind of said, hey, how are you? And they're like, oh, yeah, hey, who are you? And introduced myself, and then they had the same permission. And I said, well, I got my little one with me. I got a blind, and they're like, oh no problem at all. We're going to just circle back to the front of the farm. You guys stay here. If you got a blind up, I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. So, awesome, yeah. So that guy did me a solid. And, uh, I think the only reason he did is because he saw, I had my daughter with me, which was, which was a bonus. But so, and, and as you know, right, going to the Turkey blind or going hunting period with kids, equals about 15 or 20 more pounds of gear that you have to take out into the timber with you. And most of them, most of it is snacks and blankets, right? Easily. 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 (laughs) So get to the blind and, she is moving and shaking and she wants to call and she's looking around and thank God I had a blind because it wouldn't have worked out if we were just kind of sitting up against the tree. Right. And then we started hearing, yeah. we started hearing gobbles and calling and stuff. And, and, uh, it was a little chilly, but I put her in her snow pants and her he- a heavy winter coat and, uh, she was fine. And then, you know, she starts getting tired. And then, you know, I have, I had like eight snacks packed and then, it was like the first hour and a half, all the snacks were gone, and she was ready to what go. What was your
1: what was your what was your go to snack for?
0: Oh, uh, let's see. The go to snacks, man. We had like a prepackaged cinnamon roll. We had cra- like goldfish crackers. We had a granola bar. We had an apple. We had um, uh, some like gummies, uh, like uh, gummy bear type things, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then some oh uh, a thing of Oreos so she just sat there chewing up and then when those were gone you know she's like dad can I call and it's like yeah I guess you can call and and so at that point I knew that it wasn't about me anymore you know what I mean and yes I do and it's just okay it is time to just go have fun and it's we don't it's not about killing the turkey and so we just knew him gobble and I'm not joking Brent as soon as I got out of the blind here comes the time he wasn't in full strut but he pops out of the woods and he's walking right towards our decoy and oh, no. and my my daughter's wearing this bright blue coat and his head just goes whoop <laughs> and yeah. and he's like, later dudes. Mm-hmm. So so that you know, that was my first hunting experience with my kids. What was your first turkey hunting experience with your boys? Or did you my did first... you start with turkey or did you start with something else?
1: Yes. We started with turkey. Um not but, i mean just really by chance out of progression um i my oldest son is now 12 um, he'll be turning 12 next week and he was six when he shot his first turkey um he actually i inherited uh, an old 410 and i d- reached out to all my old farmer friends and said hey uh you know a four ten, we can get like a you know a six shot or something like that, and that'll kill a turkey, right? And they're like, yeah, no problem. That's what we grew up hunting with. So we went out first day. My six year old son shoots a a Jake at like ten yards, rolls it, the dang thing lays there. I'm crying, he's crying. <laughs> he said let's He said let's go get it. We go get it, and that sucker gets up and was like, psych, and it flies away.
0: Not and happening I, I don't today.
1: Know about you. Yeah. I don't know about you, but, uh, and he hit it and I thought it was dead. And, um, but then, you know, my, in my head, I'm thinking this is about to be a long day Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to, especially your son on his first turkey hunt and say, Hey, you know, you shot something and got away. We're not going to get We're not going to go after that. You never want to do that. Yeah. So I spent the next like five hours blood trailing a turkey, which we were able to blood trail surprisingly that had flown. Um, you know, and it wasn't through like a cornfield. It was like the thickest, nastiest buck bedding area ever that Southern Iowa has to offer. Yeah. And, and, it, you know, we weren't going to find it. I knew we weren't going to find it. He didn't know. So we said a quick prayer and in the back line, I'm like, please rain. Cause it was started thundering and lightning and then it just started raining. So that got me out of that. <laughs> and so, so I'm going to throw two hunts into one. So that was the first one. Next day, same thing, he's up, you know, 4.35 in the morning, and we do a morning hunt, get kind of close, no success, and then in the evening, I said, um, well, he he was smart enough to realize that he needs a bigger gun, and I wasn't going to go just buy him a gun. So I did the old switcheroo kind of like our dads probably did to us and gave him the old 12, the old 12 <laughs> gauge and Mossberg 835 and, uh, put a three inch shell in there and said, how about it, son? Just make sure you hold her tight to your shoulder. And, uh, we, he's always been big on face paint. I don't know if he saw it on a TV show or something on the outdoors network or something, you know, and, uh, good thing for that face paint. Cause we called in a big old Tom and he's, slobbered that sucker at like 20 yards blacked his eye with the 12 gauge didn't cry was so excited we came home and i said hey we're gonna leave that face paint on overnight when you kill your first big turkey you got to keep on overnight and he believed me and uh and then then because i knew the next morning i was going turkey hunting by myself and uh his mom would then see his black eye and that and then i could play the <laughs> <laughs> this
0: so was a the only reason life. the only reason you <laughs> left the face paint on him was not because of this some dumbass tradition that you made it was so the mom would not see his black eye <laughs>
1: yes yes yep and uh and then i could get away with it the whole day the next day dan because uh you know of course where i hunt there's no cell phone reception
0: right you know you, right. know, you gotta believe that right not even when you so go then, to the hey. gas station for your tenderloin no, no, <laughs> no.
1: Nope. And uh, so that's been, and he killed his first turkey at six. And then um, he's, uh, he's one of those kids that he's always, it's been easy to get him into hunting. I never really had to try um, hunting to me is a lifestyle. Um, it's something I embrace. I do something for hunting to better myself every day, whether that's work on equipment, shoot my bow. You know, we live out in the country now, shoot guns all the time, you know, just whatever. Right. And he just was always on my, cur- my, you know, my coattail
0: yeah.
1: um, slinging arrows. And so he's got, you know, he's got a, a Matthews mission craze bow that he shoots. And, um, my younger one shoots a Matthews now he's, uh, going to be 10 next month. So here in May. So, um, it was easy as far as getting to hunting. They just always did it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, doing whitetail work in the summer times and whatnot, or, prepping blinds for turkey season you know getting them out i just they just go play in the crick and do what kids do and you just got to be okay with it you know yeah. And,
0: yeah so this uh did you other than just have him tag along with you did you do anything extra for or go out of your way to do anything to get him excited about it
1: No, not really. I just think that it was a—he saw at a young age that that was a passion of mine, and at that age, you know, four, five, six, every kid's dream is to be their dad, Um, you know. And he just followed suit. And my younger one, he's coming along. He was—he's not as eager. He went on his first hunt with me and his brother this year at nine, so he was had no. My youngest son Jaron, he has no doesn't like guns, doesn't like loud noises or anything. He'll shoot the crap out of his bow all summer long, but he's, it was, it's two different kids, two different things. And yeah. I'm, and I have to learn not to force that. Yeah. And, you know, my wife is sure to remind me of that because sometimes, you know, it gets frustrating. Like, Hey bud, how come you don't want to come out? You know what I mean? And just doesn't want to do it. But now he's his uh willingness to do more and more every year is growing. And that's what it's about for me. And eventually he'll be ready to go. So,
0: so with, uh, with your oldest boy, it was easy. He wanted to do it, right So yes, I never had to ask you never had to ask right Now your youngest, it sounds like he's just, he's a little bit more hesitant. what what did you do or maybe not do? you know it sounds like he needed a little bit more time.
1: Yes, I didn't force the issue. Um, our relationship is great. Um, my youngest and all my kids and I i's relationship is, is great. Um, but I just, you don't want to ruin that first and foremost. So your frustrations and everything, you just kind of got to bite the bullet. And if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go. If it's too cold, you know, don't force it when it's cold. Wait for a better day. It's not about killing a bird. It's about getting your kids in the outdoors and right. And sharing in God's creation and just having fun and building memories. That's what it's about. And this as soon as you make that switch to, to harvesting a bird or a deer, um, that it's a must, then pff, it's over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and you've already lost that battle.
0: But I think, I think on the other side and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because your oldest is really gun ho about it. You can probably put pressure on him in other ways. Um, and what I mean by that is like, Maybe making him tough it out a little bit, or you know, like he's already into it, but <laughs> making him do things that are uncomfortable, which may result in now having more encounters with a deer or a turkey, or you know what I mean? The, yes, putting him so in that hardcore I, situation.
1: I did for my oldest, um, after a couple of years, like I said, he's 12, he's got a couple of birds under his belt, and um, oh geez, I don't know, he's probably shot. 15 or 20 deer already in his life um shot a nice 140 class buck uh that's hanging on his wall right now and um it didn't take long a couple years um him coming out with me you know checking trail cameras putting mineral sites out you know just all of the above that comes with being an outdoorsman in Iowa hunt, and hunting um this past year you know we were able to get off the ground for the first time and start using our lone wolves. To 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 gun a little bit more. So we spent a lot of time in the yard last summer and last spring setting up tree stands and tearing them down. You know, and and for him it was fun. It was work, but it was fun. He enjoyed that. He enjoyed you know. And we slowly started with one step. One step, you hang the tree stand. You know, use your lifeline and just. And then now we're up to like three or four. Well, I think he's up to four steps now. So he's getting you know for him 15 16 feet because we're not putting any space between those ladders and stuff um but i'm allowing him to do that but also pushing himself because it's not easy you know a lot of grown men don't do that right um they don't have the the you know the guts or the willingness to put in the work um so in my eyes that's exciting for me to see um i make him uh it's kind of handy in my part it goes handful or two in hand but uh I'll sit in my tree stand when I hang it and make him trim the limbs for me <laughs> for my shooting spot.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a win um, right I, there. That's when,
1: a win. One, one, because it's you know it, you never do it when you're supposed to do it, like in quarantine, All right. and it's sixty. You do it in July when it's a it, hundred with hundred percent humidity, <laughs> um, and the mosquitoes will fly away. You know, pick you up and fly away. But uh, but he's learning doing that. He's, he, I mean, it's you got to work. Our, the thing in our house. Um ever since their little babies, Dan, and I don't know if a coach told us this when we were kids. I'm gonna say it was one of Coach Jensen's, I don't know not for sure, but if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Um, and that's I mean I say that to them ten times a day when they're fighting, being kids, hey, if it was easy, everybody do it. You know, right. and, and they take that to heart. Um, so he puts in the work and he's been successful. That's awesome Um last year he shot he shot more deer than I did.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And so and to the point this year now um, for turkey season, we're going out. Uh, he doesn't have to sit against the same tree for me, you know, with me. He's responsible enough. He's um, responsible enough, Markman, we've worked on gun safety. You know I was able to spend 12 years in the army. He grew up around guns, um, big guns, little guns. He's familiar. He can do what he wants. And uh, but now it allows us some more versatility in the Turkey woods where I can sit maybe five or ten yards back from him, still overseeing him and supervising. But it's just allowing him to become his own, you know. And if he gets busted by a turkey, which has happened a couple of times this year, I'll say, "Hey, Dad's not always there to tell you to quit kicking your legs, you know, or quit moving your arms. You, that's part of learning." And yeah. he's growing every day as he does it. So,
0: yeah. What was uh, what was it's that? Nice what was that gun safety conversation like? Because I've the only conversation I really have with my daughter and my kids is this is a gun. You do not touch it. Period. You don't touch it. Right. And that's the, that's the only conversation I've had with them right now. What was the conversation that you had with your boy or your kids about gun safety and and using that gun for hunting?
1: Well, I, I have a plethora of guns. (laughs) It's kind of a hobby of mine as well. Um, so they've, I mean, ever since our babies, there's been guns in the house, you know, um gun safes, so though familiar. So I basically did the exact same thing. you know, don't ever touch a gun um, when now I will let you know when you're able to, you know, without dad there um, or mom. Um, and then we when I whenever I was handling a weapon, whether moving them from you know the back of the truck out of the gun, the shotgun holder to the gun safe or inside the, to do some maintenance on them. I would show them um, how to clear a weapon, how to make sure it's safe, what the safety do it. You know, and all this takes three times as long. You just a lot of guys just want to get it done in ten minutes. You know, nobody likes to clean their gun ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I took the time. They helped me when I would take the gun apart. I would show them how it's like a puzzle. Teach them how to put it back together, and then you know you made it a game, but not a scary game because guns aren't meant to be scared of. You know. They're there for your protection um, I, I you know I'm a concealed carry holder I carry every day everywhere I go um, due to my profession it's almost a must-have you never know when you're going to run into somebody that you've had to deal with in the past um, so they've just it's natural to them they've never known a house or a home without weapons in it so and we've never you know thank God we've never had an instance I've never and now I would test them like, um, you know, some of those fake guns that are pretty real, they look pretty real. I would buy one at Walmart and I'd set it on the kitchen counter, you know, and it's just a fake plastic dark gun or whatever. And I'd make sure that they wouldn't touch it. You know, I'd do stuff like that. And if they did, which I don't think they ever did, I was prepared to scare the crap out of them when they did it or whatever, you know, and, but we shoot a lot. We shoot, especially now we were able to move out in the country. We shoot a couple times a week. So my ammo is uh bill is getting high (laughs) i mean it's nothing for them to now at 12 um as long as i'm outside in the garage and he asks my oldest can get the 22 little little ruger 22 put with a 10 round clip and he'll just go out in the back and shoot birds and stuff and um i'm over over overseeing him but i'm not on his hip you know it's kind of like a right to passage in my eyes he's proven year after year and and we started with those red rider bb guns it's about if you don't have one of those for your kids they need to get one both my boys have them they're like 20 bucks at walmart and they do have they have a thumb safety just like your shotguns do just like my ars do and so they see the similarities between that so when i'm out shooting my ar they might have the red riders you know they're putting their ear plugs in and their safety goggles on and and we're just – and we're doing the same thing, the same movement, same
0: imitations,
1: and it, it just helps them take that next step to, to being able to hold a shotgun to be able to get out in the woods.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. So what about now getting uh, your kids in the woods and, like, what was that education process for you like where it was – Cause I'm just starting this, right? I'm just starting the, Mm -hmm. okay, if you want to see an animal, you have to be quiet and you have to sit still, which we both know is very hard for kids, you know, (laughs) at certain ages. So what was, what was that conversation like with your kids?
1: I just told them, I mean, we spend a lot of time, um, which I know you do as well, driving around in the summertime, um, gravel road and just looking for, I mean, you can, it's for kids to see big deer, you know, in the evenings on a bean field is perfect. You don't got to do anything special. Get them in the car and drive around anywhere in some farms in Iowa. And we started with that. That was kind of my test. Like so, before we would leave, I would say, "Now, when we see a deer, we can't yell. You know, you can still whisper and talk quietly. We're all in the same car together." Um, and I'd have our, the windows down, and you know, we have a couple pairs of vortex and stuff like that. So the kids would go back and forth sharing them, and and we started with that. So they would get used to not moving, and then they'd get the deer would run away, and they'd be like, "Why'd they run away?" And I said, well, "What did you do?" to make them run when they're like, Oh, well, I was jumping out the window and screaming, you know what I mean? At the radio or something. Well, that's probably why they ran away. And so they just started um, putting two and two together. I mean, it was really that easy. And that's how we started just driving around. And, and then as the summer progresses there in the fall, we could sit on the same deer field in the same bean field. Actually, we just take our lawn chairs and stuff and kind of do some summer scouting in a bean field and we, you know, and the deer would be in there all night. We'd have to wait till dark to walk out. And that's when I knew that they were ready.
0: I gotcha. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I know that now, what about the dark? Were any of them freaked out about the dark or, or now <laughs> yeah, with, uh, am
1: freaked out about the dark. <laughs> 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 you want to see a grown man run, listen to a, you know, an owl screech at four in the morning <laughs> when you're walking <laughs> to your tree stand or B- scoot up a you know i don't know what they're called a bunch of pheasants in a crp field walking into your stand or your turkey blind in the morning oh, you're yeah. like a little baby
0: yeah yeah uh, no
1: i never i never made that an issue yeah. i think that if and i don't know what i would have said they were never never said anything to me about it and i didn't necessarily give them a chance to say something about it yeah so i just kind of ignored it
0: yeah just made
1: it sound like seemed like it was part of hunting which it is
0: yeah it was kind of weird um let's see, it was last week. It was last weekend when, uh, I took Ava out, my daughter and we got there and my flashlight would turn on, but it wouldn't stay on. It would started dying. And so it was, it was right at dusk. Right. And so, um, mm-hmm. we could see it was clear skies. It started to light up and we could see the, the field that we were walking in. It was a pick bean field, so we didn't have any, but to my surprise, she did not complain about the dark or it being scary at all so i was just like that's awesome that's one less thing that i have to worry about yes. now what about your oldest boy when i mean is he to the age now where he's sitting in a different tree stand from you yes yes so yeah in the in the morning we, or in the we at-
1: never we, we never did, we i've bought some doubles i'm a big guy as well so um to be with him, even some of those double. I mean, he's a big kid, you know. And so, just out of safety, we always hunted on the ground. I just never did uh, tree stands with him. I never pushed it. Now he would climb up there and sit him, you know, when I'm doing work in the summertime or whatever. Um, but we set, like I said, started here, and so now we we both rock in lone wolves and walk in and set with one set of sticks, and we go to town and and we're in the same tree, kind of like a cameraman hunter type. Yeah, I thing, gotcha. or if there's two trees uh very you know like really close together we'll sit in two different trees but we're basically touching a lot of times um the first couple times i've bought i have geez i don't even know over the years i bought a lot of those 50 15 foot ladder stands from sportsman's guide or whatever sportsman's warehouse they mail them to you you know and they're cheap and they're they work all right so um i'll climb up there and i'll put a lone wolf or muddy off to the side of it and then he'll sit in the ladder stand that's really how we got started a couple years ago um and, and doing that in the yard just watching him and teaching him the safety of climbing the ladders and using the lifelines and clipping in and you know the first thing you do is not to worry about getting your bow up it's to, to lock in and you know safety's number one and and so that's how we did it um so yeah we're sitting in he's mature enough to sit he sits in a separate tree tree stand than I do and we go to town.
0: So, how how long do you think it is? It's going to be until you think he's ready to to the point where maybe you drop him off at a stand. He climbs up, hooks in, and then you go somewhere else and hunt.
1: We could do that now. Yeah, and, um, I don't know the legalities of that in the state of Iowa. I actually think because he's on a youth tag, he'd have to be seventeen to be like truly unsupervised. I have to read up in the rule books on that. Um he's never mentioned doing that and that's kinda why we haven't. Yeah. Um but he he could do it. He could do it now. As long as the stand was set up, you know, and he I mean he he's we've been hunting the same properties for fifteen, twenty years I have. Um and even then before then we were deer hunting in high school and stuff. Uh he knows them just as well as I do. If I'm out there one of the boys or both of the boys is with me. Yeah. And they're running around. They probably know some of those creek beds and stuff better than I do, um, and so he could he could one hundred percent do that now. Gotcha. And he'd probably be successful because he doesn't have, you know, aspirin. Of course, he wants to shoot a bigger deer than I do, which he probably will here soon. <laughs> but but um, you know, the first one thirty that comes within fifteen yards of him and his Matthews is a dead deer. So he 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 could rattle in something like that, especially during the rut. Yeah. He did an all day sit with me. He did an all day sit with me last year. What was that 13 like? 13 hours. It was easy. We it was, it was almost better for me because I had somebody to talk to, not myself and I, my nose wasn't buried in my phone. Yeah. Um, you know, or reading a book or what just whatever, you know, whatever you do to pass the time sleep. Um and so it, it was just, it was awesome. And that was something that I allowed him to do, I allowed him to work up to do. He had to, one, do well in school. Um, he had he plays on the local football team here, and so you know, be a good teammate, be respectful to his coaching staff, which I knew he was because I was his head coach. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just stuff like that. He had some goals that he had to attain, and then if he were able to was able to meet those, then in November, he was able to he was able to come out. Now he wasn't hunting at that point; he was his bow. He was just out with me. yeah. Um, And that was the, I think the important thing is I didn't um, force him to bring his bow. I mean, he was, he could have shot a deer with it last year, probably will this year. Um, I'm sure he will with his Matthews, but uh, I, it was, it was my hunt, but I allowed him to come along and he, he had a blast.
0: Yeah. So what about this? Um, Do you think that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't sound like he's going to have any type of an issue dealing with the dark, especially if you're just, let's say, it's an evening hunt. You drop him off. You come back, and it's dark, and he's sitting in the stand waiting for you to come back to the truck, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you're saying he could do that now. How long? you Because know, some kids, it may take a little bit longer until you feel like you, he just gets out of the truck, and he goes one way, and you go the other.
1: How long are we to that? Yeah. Is that the question? Yeah, not too far off, Dan.
0: Year or two, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, at, at
0: most. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's already <laughs> kind of like, it kind of like I, 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 I believe I sent you that text the other night. Him and I were out turkey hunting, and he was sitting a couple yards ahead of me and to the left of me, and I get a text message, and it's him, and he's like, he told me, "You need to call more." That was his text. <laughs>
0: so and here he is thinking, telling you, you what to do <laughs>
1: yeah what and i even told him like from the 10 yards where i was like are you freaking kidding me son yeah and he was like he's like you need to call more and so i waited like five minutes just to make him mad and i started calling again and then as soon as i did boo, like 60 <laughs> yards away text message told you so like you got. Know, i mean the kid created got a it. monster he's, he's yeah, he's, I have, and my wife hates every second of it. No, I'm kidding. She loves it. But yeah. um, it's, it's a like I said, him and I are two peas in a pod, unfortunately. Um, and you'll find out how well that goes for you, because I think your kids are the same way. Um, there are many means of us, and I don't know if the world's ready for another Brent and Brent Rich and Dan Johnson, but they're going to oh, get boy. him one way or another. Right, so, uh, right. But it's been, it, it's, I don't, he's, i don't know i'm trying not to stutter here but it's easy for him
0: yeah what about your other boy i mean he he
1: he knows the knowledge of hunting um he i even though he doesn't like to hunt he's all summer long when we're climbing tree stands and whatnot in the in the yard and shooting you know our bows our start he's doing that he enjoys that process with it he enjoys that time with me um that, you know, and that's one way that we get to spend a lot of time together is doing stuff like that. It's the same way. My oldest son is very athletic. Um, 100% Brent rich junior. Um, you know, I coach football, I coach basketball. He's on some, he's on all the traveling teams, the whole nine yards, My younger son could care less. And that's fine. If it's not fun to him, he's not going to do it. Right. And I had, I had to learn that, you know, he still plays little league baseball, but I don't you know i don't stick my neck out there and uh, you know maybe make him try out for some of those tournament teams he's good enough but he doesn't want to do it and if you're going to force him to do it then they're going to lose that love yeah for anything right. and so you just you know two different kids man two different theories two different philosophies on everything and you got to adapt your style to both of them
0: so you got to pump the so, brakes on your youngest boy just a little bit yep yeah.
1: uh, uh, a lot a yeah. lot when it com- when it comes to that uh, and he's not ready. I mean, he he did he wanted to come hunting with us this year and he has. But um he didn't have a tag. He still only shoots his Red Rider BB gun. I'm just wait I mean a day and I don't think we're too far away where he's going to say let's shoot the AR dad. I'm ready now. Yeah. But as long he doesn't care as long as he loves shooting his bow and that's what we do then. So you just have to everybody grows differently, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's process and growth is as individually and or individual, and that's one thing I've had to learn, and that was hard, especially when he was younger and you know I kind of maybe forced baseball or wrestling or basketball on him and and after I realized that he really didn't like it, it was time to pump the brakes and now he enjoys going again so
0: yeah well the the good thing is that you recognize that because there are a lot of dads out there. hell even moms regardless of hunting whatever their passion is it's almost like it has to be their passion too right so uh, there there are a lot of people out there that pressure their kids into doing stuff that they don't want to do and then it it ends up burning them out and they don't ever want to do it again and i i I honestly think hunting and fishing is one of those things
1: yes i have um Friends, I mean, they're friends of ours. Their kids aren't too much different than mine, and you know, I've heard their kids. We've been fishing with them, be like, you know, screw you, dad, this is stupid. Yeah, you know, and if my kids ever said that, I'd be okay. Time to reevaluate things, and we we would pack up and go home. But you no, know, dads keep them out there until dark, and
0: just lays on you know, them. Yeah, it, it yeah, just and ruins it. it. They just sit it.
1: There. yeah, it's, you got to know your limits, and you got to know their limits. Yeah, and that's more important
0: yeah so what about um your youngest one then uh does is he still like to be outside i mean does he still like to do outdoor activities other than hunting like looking for mushrooms or fishing or anything like that
1: yes he um he is starting to really enjoy fishing i'm not a fisherman myself um i'm more of i would consider myself an iowa fisherman and by that meaning let's throw some some chicken livers on a hook and let it sit on the bottom and drink Bush light. until a catfish bites. Um, and I'm pretty good at doing that, but my, <laughs> my older son's a fisherman. He likes to go fish. We've got some ponds out here. He rides us. He's con the neighbor lady and the little old neighbor lady into letting him fish her two basically lakes. And um, so he's ripping lips all, all I and mean, he's doing that right now. Uh, my younger son's enjoying fishing. We went mushroom hunting today. Um, anything I can do to involve him in the outdoors, I do. Yeah. And even if he's kind of like, oh, come on, dad. You know, like, bud, let's just go do it. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's it's that easy. Like, you don't got to put pressure. Let's just go do it. What are you doing right now? Nothing. Let's go do something. Yeah. Something's better than nothing. All right. And then we go. And like today, he spent the whole time he's covered. He was swimming in the creek and uh, it was just a mess. But it was worth it. We didn't find any mushrooms. We... I can't ever find a mushroom for the life of me. I can spot a deer shed forever away, but a mushroom I can be stepping on them and never find them. So my wife really, and that's another thing. Like my wife doesn't hunt. Not that she doesn't hunt. It's with two kids and taking one out. Thankfully, she's willing to stay home. I think in the future she'll probably start coming out with us more, and uh, and doing that. And so, but she loves the mushroom hunt. I don't necessarily. I like to eat the mushrooms, but I don't necessarily like the mushroom hunt. But so we go out mushroom hunting when she wants to go mushroom hunting. You know, it's a balance, just like anything else in a marriage and and with your kids and and as long as we're doing it as a family, it's fine with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point, man. So, what uh, I mean, our, as a father of you got a couple boys, one just really gun ho about it, the other one looks like he's not quite gun-ho about it but there's hope that someday he might be he'll be there, he'll yeah. Be there. Oh, yeah he'll be there yeah so um i mean is do you is this something that you feel is just gonna be part of your life now forever yes yeah that's cool yes. man
1: um my oldest son jameson here goes by j dub he he already his career choice is he wants to be a game warden. He's that's what he wants to do. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, he as uh, he, he'll kind of put. He likes to kick butt, take names, and protect animals. So um, you know that kind of makes me really happy. And and he got turned on to that by watching I don't know those stupid shows on whatever TV channel it is. You know the game wardens or right. something. And he got to see all the stuff. And so he's been he's. You know he's he's helped out a little bit of the he likes the the Henry County Conservation um, Department here in Mount or down around Mount Pleasant, Oakland Mills area. They have a great job. They have some really great officers there, and so he loves it. They're in, involved in the school system, so I mean it's just amazing what they do. So that's what he wants to do. That's awesome. Um, so that would be good for him. But then he also wants to be he said, other than he wants to be play for the Kansas City Chiefs as well and the Royals. So either one. I'm kind of hoping for the Chiefs and the Royals, so he could buy us more hunting ground. But, um,
0: hey, but you know, that, a conservation yeah, officer has its perks too, right?
1: It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, he, as he would say but like, yeah, they'll give you a boat, a truck, a snowmobile, everything. <laughs> like perfect, man. That's all you need.
0: That's funny. That's awesome. Um, so I want to kind of end this uh, podcast real quick about how you're. Uh, how your season is going so, thus far. I haven't been out as much as I usually do, but uh, I'm just going to really quick kind of share. It, it's, I wish I had more details to share about my turkey hunting uh, this far, this uh, year, but it's been very, it's very simple. I, they gobble when they're in the trees, they fly down and they're quiet and they're done. And maybe it's just the days that I I've been out this year, And that's just what it's been like. What have and I hunt? I hunt about an hour and a half north of you, and uh, I mean it's pretty much the same type of terrain. But what have you noticed down there this year?
1: We're we're kind of in the same boat. You season, so I if I remember correctly, that was Easter weekend. Opened up on Good Friday, which would be April tenth. We went out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Same thing. I mean gobblers for days in the morning on the roost fly down nothing i could we had luck all three of those days so friday saturday sunday striking a bird up about the nine thirty or 10 o'clock in the morning time frame but if if they were with hens they were non-existent they were so gone but they weren't even coming um you know you they wanted you to go to them and so and you've been to my farms killer setups um never had a problem killing birds um there in the past but you know never say never and so the same thing happened so then we had that big snowstorm which would have been like a week and a half or so ago I went out in that because I figured this might be a once in a lifetime opportunity to kill a bird in the snow especially that much snow and I didn't hear a gobble I didn't hear a gobble for three days on the third day in the evening and those are the three all-day hunts So we're talking, you know, a lot of, and that's behind the truck, getting in the truck and driving, hitting fields, looking at field edges, public ground, everything, nothing. The third day I heard that one gobble when I was telling about my son sending me those text messages that I need to call more. And then a a pack of coyotes came in and he was scared away. So I don't know. I would probably venture to say that numbers are down. And I'm not just saying that because of my lack of success this year. I just truly am not seeing the number of turkeys that I have historically in the past. Um, I live about 15, 15, minutes outside of Mount pleasant to the South down in Lee County. And, um, I spend a lot of windshield time going back and forth, um, at prime times in the evening and prime times in the morning. Cause I work nights coming home from, from the, from work. And I, I mean, it'll, there'll be week where I don't see any turkeys from the road. And that's never happened, you know, just in the cornfields, you know, taking you know, something in the evening time or whatever, but nothing. Um, never thought in the world I'd hear, I'd go three days in an Iowa woods and not hear a turkey gobble. Yeah. Um, I used to see 20, 30, 40 hens. I see five or six now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still hearing gobbles in the mornings, evenings. I have not been able to roost a bird yet, which generally I historically, I like to try and do, especially with you. Um, take, if I know my son going out in the morning, I will go roost a bird. I'll come up with some excuse to go to Walmart or something and, and, uh, go roost a bird and, you know, and we'll set up on them in the morning and it makes me look good and makes them feel good. So that's awesome. But, uh, but other but I just, I truly think the numbers are down this year. Um, I don't know if they're, if the DNR's is doing any studies of that, or if they have any reasons why, um, I'm also finding a lot of dead birds. We went mushroom hunting today, like I mentioned. And I found four dead turkeys. What? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, I mean, they've been there a while. But, you know what I mean? It's just – and I've I've found some in the fall too. Hmm. So I don't know if, one, if somebody's shooting them. Or I do have a major coyote problem where I'm at. I think think all of southern Iowa has a coyote problem right now. Um, The predators are there. I'm seeing more foxes. You know, I'm seeing – but – so I don't know. I don't know what, what's going on. Um, I will say the pheasant population is looking outstanding in Iowa this year. I've seen more pheasants than I ever have yeah. um, driving to work and back. And h- I hunt about 35 minutes away from my new house. And so, you know, I'm taking some pretty – I'm passing some pretty good turkey country at the right times, too. And I'm, I'm not seeing anything, but I'll see some pheasants, so – yeah. Uh, so then that kind of double negative is the predator problem, too. You know, if there's such a predator problem that happened, the pheasants are able to survive. So I don't know. Yeah. It could just be that I'm a bad turkey hunter and. And that's the luck, the, the so. luck's
0: run out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you
1: know, maybe I should just hand it over to my son and I'll just tag along with
0: him. Right. Well, i tell you, so, I mean, I, I've seen the same things. I mean, five years ago on the the farm that I hunt down by you guys, uh, man, it would just take one little hen cluck to kick them off in the morning. And, you know, there's, it was, it was not uncommon to hear 20 different toms sounding off in different directions, uh, in this big yeah. Valley that I, I hunt in and, as in the last five years, it's really just went downhill and here less gobbles and less gobbles and less gobbles and even trail camera data. I'm showing less turkeys on trail cameras. Yes. And then, um, up here where I live, you know, I've had, Oh man, it was probably like, it was probably right at five years ago. Uh, I went out and had one of the coolest mornings I've ever had as far as responding turkeys, uh, coming in and, um, you know, uh, coming in and, and hunting uh, tons of gobbles, just a beautiful morning. And then in the last four years around here, it's just been one or two gobbles here and there, you know, and then it's quiet when they fly down. So uh, yep. I, I, I would I would agree with you that some, in some way, shape or form, the turkey numbers are down. I'm not 100% sure if it's due to predators or, or bad springs or uh, horrible uh, nest recruitment. But Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, just being outside, I can tell you, I feel like I agree with you that across, you know, southeastern Iowa and east central Iowa that the numbers are are, are down.
1: And I feel and another reason that makes me feel that way is, I mean, you're never going to always have turkeys on your property. But, you know, as well as I do, if you go sit on your property, you may not have any close gobbles, but you'll hear distant gobbles. Yeah. And I'm not even hearing any gobbles.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and I, the piece of property next to me, which you're familiar with is 3,600 acres owned by the same guy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a white tail Turkey Mecca. And if I'm not hearing gobbles off him, then something's going on. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know what's going, I don't know. I would assume, like I said, I assume the numbers are down.
0: Maybe there's more information. I know I, I talked with, uh, I talked with, a. uh, uh a wildlife biologist a while back from the state of Iowa about turkeys. And he said that the numbers look to be down, you know, trending down. But Mm -hmm. I also have heard, and this isn't from, I guess, uh, a source that is credible, so to speak. I hear that turkey numbers ebb and flow like some, you know for five years they're really good and then for five years they'll take a dip and then for five years they're really good and then for five years they'll take a dip so more like that as opposed to yeah. you know huge influxes for long periods of time and then steep drop-offs you know just more of a ebb and flow type type of scenario. so so mm-hmm. yeah what's uh how many uh how many more days you got under the belt ahead of you as far as turkey hunting is concerned
1: Oh, we're gonna give her we're gonna go strong if if there's season left and we got tags we're trying to fill them yeah we have um i still have my uh bow tag and my son's got a youth tag so um i don't even know i think the season goes to like may 15th or 17th somewhere around there which it's starting to get to where i the temperature in the evenings is getting pretty brutal you know you're saying seven degrees are, right, but it pushes up those 80 degree evenings and it's hot yeah especially if you're sitting in a blind or even just running again and it's hot and um, I don't think he'd enjoy that too much but we'll probably just stick to mornings and when it's cool and and that's a good experience just because it's always awesome to feel the thunder you know the thunder in the woods as you like to say when yeah. uh, when they start firing up in the mornings it's a lot cooler I think and and he eats it up so that's what we'll do
0: Awesome. Well, I tell you what, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and chat with us. And uh, good luck to you and J Dub and and uh, the other one when they decide to get out. And uh, hopefully, it all pays off in the long run.
1: No, oh, I'm sure it will, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be sending you a text.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge shout out to my buddy Brent for taking time out of his day to hop on the podcast and chit chat with us please don't forget to subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman magazine and subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman podcast and visit the Iowa Sportsman website. All have a ton of great information and a ton of great articles, tons of great content related to Iowa and the outdoors. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.